get back on the singles call one more again. As they used to say in my hood growing up, one more again. We're back, and uh, we're excited about it. I wanted to, um, maybe today, kind of open up with some dialogue um, and talk about, you know, whatever y'all want to talk about. Um, we can start with that. I do have a special guest on the line that I'm going to introduce in a few minutes, um, and she's going to share her testimony. We've written a book called Waiting, Dating, and Mating, and uh, seems to kind of help singles um, that read it and kind of follow it. Uh, sometimes we read stuff that we don't follow. It's kind of like uh, being on a diet that you don't stick to. It don't work. <laughs> so but the people that have read it and followed through with it and have seen some success, we've got a success story on the line for you guys today. Um, and there's several people still coming on, so we don't want to start talking just yet. We want everybody that's coming on to get the benefit of a testimony. But... Um, I don't know. I mean, just just today, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever questions you may have for us, um, you know, I, I'll take off on some angle in a minute. But um, just want to kind of hear from you guys um, as it pertains to what it means these days being a single and being a Christian and. Um, you know, I know that the challenges are unique to the time, although they're not uncommon. Um, and the Bible says that, you know, we don't go through anything that's foreign. Uh, other people are going through other, and no matter what you're going through, know that other Christians are going through it. Um, and then the other thing is, know that um, other Christians have gotten a victory over it. And so it's not impossible, um, and we just know that. Just like we talk about all the time, the weight loss, you know, it's not impossible. We see people lose 100 pounds all the time, you know. Man, what happened to you? It seems like it's impossible, but it's not. And, um, you know, there's ways that you got to do it, the things you got to do, the things you got to stick to, you got to be consistent. But I want to hear from you guys today. Um, five stars on any topic, anything related to singles, or maybe even not related to singles. Just being a Christian, um, we can talk about it today. Five stars. We have a comment or a question. Comment or a question. Um, we want to hear from you, you guys today. Uh, what is it that's challenging you as a single? Um, are there any challenges? Uh, you just kind of tiptoeing through the tulips, and it's easy. Um, or are there challenges? Are there things that you are struggling with or things that you have questions about? Uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, this is uh, Any Questions Sunday for the single call. Um, once again, press five stars, and that will let me know uh, that you want to Ask a question or make a comment. Five star, five star. Um, I've got a co-host today, and uh, I don't know what she got for me, but um, 
We're going to let her in. Let me see. I think this is her. Hello, Sister Lizzie. Hello, Pastor. How are you? Okay. Talk to me. My singles are quiet. Got my co-host on here. So we'll start off with you. Um, what do you think is, is most challenging to singles or you know, you got any questions or what? What you want to throw out today? Well, one of the things that we talked about uh, this morning in our Christian education class was some of the myths that are out there pertaining to marriage, um, whether you are single or married. Um, and if you are married, this is something that you've already uh, encountered. Uh, prior to getting married, you thought it would be this way, but when you got married, it was this way. And then even uh, being single, um, one of the things that came up was um, I thought marriage would last forever or I thought that person was supposed to meet all of my needs and fill all of my voids. So um, there are some myths that are out there in relation in regards to, to marriage. And I think sometimes singles don't really understand or they really don't know um, what they are uh, getting ready to encounter, um, biblically so, naturally so. And so I, I think sometimes they're not prepared uh, once they enter into a marriage. And so I, I just want us to dispel some of those myths um, with the biblical truth. Okay. Well, I, I, I heard something in the very question that you asked that I kind of want to throw out there before we, we go deep. Um, and that's the assumption that all single Christians want to be married. Um, can we talk about that? Is, is, is it, uh, and I want, I want some other people online to comment on it. Should, you know, just because you're a Christian and you're single, I mean, marriage ain't for everybody. Um, I've heard that so many times. I've heard people say, you know, I ain't really trying to get married right now. I don't think I'm going to get married no more. And what does that mean for a Christian? Uh, I'll start if you if you got a comment or question on that. Should Christian singles, should all Christian singles get married? I mean, let's just put it like that. Should all Christian singles get married? Um, just because you're single and a Christian, should you um, necessarily be out there trying to look for a mate or trying to be found for a mate? Uh, five stars, you got to comment on that. Need somebody to holler at me. I'm going to start drafting people. Uh, five stars, you got a uh, comment on if you're single. Should you necessarily want to get married? Um, I'm a single, so I'm, and I'm Christian. So I'm supposed to be basically trying to get married. Is that true or not true? Five stars, you got a comment.
Spotify, if you have a comment. Are you guys able to hear me pretty good? Okay. Um, is that better? Text me back if that's better. My wife said I was kind of muffled up. Spotify, if you have a comment on because I'm a Christian, should I be necessarily trying to get married? Or is that, you know, is that optional? Biblically, what the Bible says about it? What do I think about it? What's your opinion of it? Um, and why? You know, just want to hear what you think of it. Hear what your take is. Hear what maybe some other Christians, you know, um, their opinions may be. Five stars, you got a comment. Y'all just sitting there today, okay? Nobody want to say nothing. Five stars, I think it's five stars. Five stars, you got a comment or a question? Five stars, you got a comment or a question? Hmm. Nobody has an opinion about this. Hmm. Sister Lady, what you think about that? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I may not have. Everyone may not have a desire to be married. Of course, God gives us the desires of our heart. So if everybody doesn't have to be married, but they have to understand if they're going to be single, and it's not many people that have that gift of singleness uh, because <laughs> you're a Christian and you're going to be single, that means that you're going to abstain from, from sex. And so I, I think people uh, misconstrue that. They say, oh, I don't want to be married, but yet they want to be in a relationship. And so they're in a relationship mm. they're uh, playing house and they're doing things that married people do. So that needs to be clarified. So if you don't want to be married, first of all, I feel we need to really understand what are your reasonings behind that. Is it because you've been hurt so many times or you don't understand uh, what God really uh, says about marriage? Um, do you feel like you don't deserve to be married? You know, what is the reason? Or if you just don't want to be married and you feel like you were created to be single, then you have to have that gift of singleness. So hmm. maybe that's why we don't hear anybody speaking up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, we got we got a, we got a crew on the line, um, and you know, maybe. I mean, we can switch over to the format. I thought this would be better to hear from people. Um, and it, I, I guess it seemed like the topic that I've written, I don't know. And I can't, I can't, I can't lessen my, myself. You know, I, I, I can't be different. Um, even things that I think are life subjects, uh, are really, really subjects to people. I guess I think you get nervous, but, um, you know, it's an issue. This is one of the things that we're dealing with um, as a people, um, as Christian church folk, you know, um, the whole thing of perpetual singleness. Let me tell you, in African American church, um, you know, the statistic outside of the church is 70% of our people are single. Basically, 70% of our women are single. And, you know, I mean, men typically are non-existent in comparison to women in the church. So you got 70% of our people single in the world, but in the church, uh, 
It can be as high as 80 or 90 percent. Matter of fact, we've been in churches. One of the churches that we left was a mega church. Um, man, uh, last I heard, when we were there, you know, marriages was breaking up at a mommy rate. But um, I mean, you you talking 90, 85, 90 percent of the church is single, and ain't nobody really trying to get married and. Uh, you know, so what is your opinion on that? What is your opinion on that? I guess I'm not judging people, because ain't nobody saying that. I'm going to open your line and call your number. So we got five stars. Anybody brave enough to speak up? And, and let's just talk about it. You know, we we got to get a theological answer every five seconds. That's not what we're asking. We're just asking, what do you think people think about it? What is your opinion about it? And, and we don't go to the word, so don't worry about that. But what do you think about it? Should single Christians be striving to be married or not? Sister Lizzie gave her answer. Anybody else on the line? Five stars, you want a question or comment? Five stars, if you want a question or comment. Five stars, if you want a question or comment. My special guest one in, and I'm getting ready to put her on in a few seconds. Anybody before she starts talking? Five star if you want a question or comment. Hallelujah. Five star. My special guest is coming on in a second. All right. Maybe we getting some people getting ready to get going here. Um, all right, 4062. One one six two wants to make a comment. Hello, how you doing today? I'm good, and you? All right. Sound like a familiar <laughs> voice. Go ahead and make the comment. Thank <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the question I had, or the statement I had, the young lady said that we are equipped to be single. We're not made to be married. Can you clarify that for me? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Lizzie, she wants you to kind of clarify what you were talking about as far as what you were saying about singles and those who've been given gifts to stay single and so forth. Right. I was saying if you feel like you are not called to be married or you don't have a desire to be married, then you have to understand what that means as a single individual. That means that you're, you have the anointing, the power, or the gift of singleness. That means you're abstaining from sex. Okay. Yeah, really, uh, it doesn't mean that uh, you're entering. Uh-huh. Can you find that scripture for a Okay. There's a scripture, there's a couple of scriptures, uh, to deal with that, and I know uh, I, sometimes, you know, they say you put the foot in your mouth type thing. I, I know certain topics are like, man, uh, but y'all, they, I, I don't really have nothing else to do, but just hit it how you got to hit it, okay? So so the young lady on the line is asking, what does this mean, um, being equipped to be single? Now, this tells me, this is not commonly talked about in churches. And we know that. We know it's not commonly talked about. 
you can't turn on CBN and hear somebody talking about this. You can't go to church and hear people talking about this. But this is the pink elephant in the room. You, you sit in the church, 90% of the people are single and, and saved and supposed to be Christians, but then, you know, they're in a relationship. They, they ain't lonely on Valentine's Day. They showing up to church events for people and stuff like that. So, I mean, what's the deal? And we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hit it. Um, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 19. It's Matthew chapter 19. And call how Lord, you have, um, a way to, you know, write this down and look at your Bible. But it's in Matthew chapter 19. And guess who was talking about it? It was Jesus. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Okay? Now let me explain this to you. Alright. In the body of Christ, people have different giftings and different callings. Okay? Now, generally speaking, uh, and I've been saved since I was seven years old. Six years old. I can't forget. Six years old and seven years old, I read the Bible and so forth. But I'm going to say since I was six. Okay, so let me tell you, before we even start talking about this, I really met uh, one of these people. <laughs> I don't know if I really ever met. I, I think I have. I, I know a couple of these people. Okay, they have the gift of this, this lady talking about, and it's the gift of I can be single, I can be by myself, but here's the kicker. Um, the kicker is that because I'm single and because I'm by myself, I get all of my time and all of the extra time that I would be given my spouse, my wife, or my husband, I give that to the Lord. So I ain't down to the Zodico or doing the Zodico. I ain't going to Vegas spending all my money, you know, I ain't going out to Kishore in the, in the, in the gambling boat spending all my money over there. But the gift is that I totally dedicate my life and my call for Christ. Okay? And Paul, I'm going to show you a couple scriptures. Paul talked about, because that's what he did, and he was able to do more for God as a single person because he did not have the constraint of a wife or he did not have the responsibility of taking care of a wife and, and children. So he was free, but not free to mingle, not free to, you know, go out there and, you know, <laughs> do what a lot of Christian singles are doing. He was free. He, he used that. <laughs> he used that for Christ. So that's what the gift is. But let's look at, um, let's look at, uh, Matthew 19. Okay. Now, <laughs> uh, Jesus started talking about marriage, okay? And um, this is the answer to call it. In, in verse 8, he said, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your whole heart. Because they were asking about divorce. Okay? Um, and, uh, you know, Jesus, you actually have to kind of back up to the focus. But Jesus said, uh, basically, from the beginning, God made male and female. This answers the homosexual grade. Here from the beginning, God made male and female, and he said, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. 
the two are united into one. Since they are no longer one, the two that no man split apart with God is going to death. So then, the third thing he did was try to kick him up. So then they said, well, why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written letter of divorce? Then Jesus goes on answering them, but hey, Moses prevented divorce only as a concession to your whole heart. But it was not what God originally intended. Verse 9, and I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else also commits adultery unless his wife has been uh, unfaithful in committing adultery. Uh, look at verse 10. So Jesus is, I mean, he's just killing the whole marriage thing right there. He explained the whole bunch of stuff, said this church. Now watch this. So then after Jesus said this, Carl, you still listening? Okay. You still on there? You still listening? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So then, so then watch this. Um, after, after Jesus says all of this, the disciples come to him and say, look, if this the case, it's better not to marry. And this is what brings this up. The disciples say, man, it's better not to marry. Okay? All right. So then, uh, here's what Jesus says to that. <laughs> this is so funny. Jesus said, not, not everyone can accept this statement. What thing you talking about? Not everyone can accept the statement of it's better not to marry. So somebody else makes the statement in First Corinthians chapter seven. His name is Paul. He says the same thing. It's better not to marry. All right. Now Jesus said, "Now everyone can accept this statement." Look at verse eleven. He said, "Only those whom God helps or whom God gives this, this special gift." Now look at verse twelve. He said, "Some are born this way. They're born with what he calls eunuchs. Okay. Some are born this way. They'll never be married." Some have been made eunuchs by others. And he's talking about men in particular who have been castrated. Well, there's no way they could be married or have children. Uh, if you castrated, you don't have a sexual member as a man. There's no way you can consummate a marriage. There's no way your marriage is legitimate. So he says, some have been made eunuchs by others. And once they do the last one, he says, and some chose not to marry. Watch this, Carlos. For the sake of the kingdom of heaven, this is what we're talking about. So I ain't choosing not to get married because I don't want to be, uh, you know, held down so I can play the field, so I can do what I want, so I can still be in good relationships and all of that. He said, no, some have chosen not to marry for the sake of the kingdom. Let everyone, anyone who can accept this, let anyone accept this who can. Okay? So that's what she was talking about when she was talking about, you know, the gift of, basically the gift of celibacy, the gift of not being married, which means that you have the gift to abstain in your flesh, and there's not going to be no major problem. You will be slipping the slide every two weeks. I'm a Lord forgive me for our sins, and we talk about we get up. Saying is just a sinner. No. Now, this person can stand for years. Now, now we know some people. Matter of fact, we know a girl. Hey, I forget how old she was. Uh, it's, a, it's a call on the line that, that know this person. She was like almost 37 years old. She was a virgin. We thought she was a unit, but she chose to get married. But, um, 
you know, everybody, everybody in our over sex and our high self on sex. I mean, everybody is it. Most people are. Most people are. Um, and I'm not saying high self, but most people are supposed to get married. I say 95 to 97% of folks that I know in the church should be married because they cannot handle not being married. And so, once again, here's Jesus. He said, look, this ain't nothing to, you know, you got to be out there trying to strive and strive and do. If, if you got to give, you got it. If you don't, you don't. So, how do I know if I have to give? Which is probably the next question. How do I know if, you have, if I have to give? Well, we go to 1 Corinthians 7. See, and Paul tells us how we know if we have to give. Okay? First, first Corinthians 7, here's Paul saying, now regarding the question you asked in your letter, so somebody was asking a similar question that, that, that the caller was asking. He said, so the, 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 in regards to the question you asked in your letter, yes, it's good to live a celibate single life. Once again, so here we got an answer from the Bible. I just, I put a question out there, should all Christians be trying to get married? The answer is no. The answer is no. All single Christians should not be getting married. Some of y'all are surprised at that, that I would even say that. But it's true. Because he said it. Because somebody asked the same question to call it 416 Which is, okay, what's over there? And he said, look, now regarding the question you asked in your letter, yes, it's good for a person, a Christian, to live a celibate single life. Listen to verse 2. But, here's how you know if you got this gift or not. He says, but, <laughs> because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband will fulfill, fulfill his wife's sexual needs and wife will fulfill her husband's sexual needs. Now, this is plain and simple. So we gotta go wonder why if we got the uh the gift or not and you know this ain't nothing for you to answer on the line, but the question is, um, uh, you know, do you have a libido? That's the clinical way to say. Do you have urges? Do you wanna be with somebody? Have you fallen sexually in the re- in the last third, you know, three months or six months or a year or whatever? Is that a repetitive thing? Not only with somebody, but watching stuff and doing stuff and all kind of stuff. Right? You hear love songs and you can't stand being lonely. You got to be with somebody. Every time you see somebody marry, your heart melts. And every time you see a couple, you wish it was you, then guess what, baby? You don't have to get somebody worried about. Which only means, which what Reggie was saying, that only leaves one other alternative. And what is that, Carla? 462, what's the other alternative? For a single Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? If, if, you're not, if you're not giving that gift of the unit, which I'm going to raise my hand. I wasn't one of them. That's why I got married. <laughs> Right? So there's only two choices. Either you're going to be a nun or a priest. Right? That's what nuns do. That's what priests do. 
you know, and, and you see a lot of them getting in trouble, right? They mess with the little boys, they mess with the little girls. Man, they should have went all that way. Do y'all see that in the scripture? This is a powerful, I, I preach this so many times, and it, it hits me every time. The, the answer for sexual immorality is get, it's two things, get married and have a healthy sex life when you're ready. Did y'all see that? He said, well, because there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, each wife, woman should have her own husband, and the husband should fulfill his wife's sexually. Now, you deal with these priests and these nuns. You got a lot of nuns messing with the girls. Uh, they said, you know, in the lesbianism, you got a lot of these priests uh, messing with the boys and stuff. Homosexuality. But Jesus said, he said sexual immorality, which is, it, it, it encompasses everything. You got daddies messing, uh, stepdads messing with their own daughters and all this kind of stuff. And there's no excuse for that, man. There's, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. There's no excuse for a man messing with his teenage daughter or stepdaughter. But when you investigate into the situation, many times he married a woman, but then the sex life went cold. Maybe she just... Start refusing him. The Bible says don't do this. It's right here in the scripture. Because it leads to sexual immorality. It leads to perversion. So that's why I say a, a man, the husband gets his sexual needs fulfilled by his wife. The wife gets her sexual needs fulfilled by her husband. It's right here in the, in the Bible. I ain't heard nobody preach this yet. Maybe. I ain't cutting myself on the back. But it's just, it, this, is the, this is how you solve all these problems. So you got a woman married to a man, but then she starts, you know, she get mad at him, starts withholding. You got me to do the same thing. They get attitude, they start withholding from their wife. And so then you back to square one because now you got sexual needs to be fulfilled, and so people get into perversion, they get into adultery, they get into all manner of sexual deviance. Jesus says the answer for it is a healthy marriage with a healthy sexual um, life in that marriage. And so I hope that answered your question. Any other questions or comments? Any other questions or comments on that? All right. I got my guest here, and she's been on, she's been on from the beginning, so I don't want to hold her up. But this woman, um, she's a part of our church. We part of the church. We have, it was more like a ministry Bible study. There in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, back in 2008, 2009, and she was a part of that first launch. And uh, and and I remember her coming to me and uh, my wife, and she 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 obviously knew that she wasn't a unit. <laughs> she wasn't somebody that had to give a single good for Christ. She wanted to be married, and so she came to us. And she asked us, what do I need to do to get married? We told her honestly some of the things that God has shared with us. We were very honest with her. They were not, they were not things that took no 10 years to get done. They were things that she could start doing immediately. She, she, this person that I'm getting ready to do, she is one of those people, and y'all heard me talk about it. Some of y'all heard me talk about it before. She is one of those diligent people that can follow an instruction without modifying the instruction 
and she got the fruit. She got fruit from it immediately. So uh, I want to introduce to everybody, uh, formerly uh, Pam uh, Seward. Uh, that was a that was a maiden name. That's what she was when she came to church. Pam, what's your last name now? White. Pam White. Pam White. That's right. Family away. Welcome to the single call. Man, I got fed up. Can't this stuff. I, I knew you had a comment about it, so go ahead and make a comment, and then uh, we're going to talk about your, your testimony and everything, because you, you're not single anymore. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so what is your comment about um, whether or not a Christian should be made a single? Is that for me, Pastor? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, well, um, you already answered it um, as part of your, your talk, and I definitely um, I agree with the, um, the young lady previously who said that um, there are very few people with the gift, and I, actually you said it too, the gift of singleness. And um, so I totally agree with that. The other thing that I was going to say earlier was that something that you actually said, which was that um, it's not talked about in our churches um, about singleness and handling yourself single, single, uh, singly, as a single person, um, as well as when it's found out that we're not living the way that we should be and we claim ourselves to be Christians, we're not called out at our local churches as well. So um, those, that was that was going to be my my comment concerning um, whether or not a Christian should be uh, married. So Pam, okay. So you came from that same church we were at in North Carolina, the, the big church, right? And so it was about in my favorite church was about probably eighty five percent to ninety percent single. Yes, most definitely. Okay, so. Just from what you know and observe, are these people working around like Paul? Are they on missionary journeys? Are they being for faith? I mean, what 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 you think is going on? <laughs> do they have to give them a lot? And then if they don't, what are they doing to contain themselves? Are they containing themselves? And just talk about just what you observed and what you saw. Um. Well, I I it was very um. When I first came, I felt that we that it was a church that was on fire. On fire, I thought that it was a location. Well, I knew it was a location that God had uh, sent me to, and so as part of that, I expected there to be things that um, agreed with the agreed with my spirit. And one of them was, um, you know, singleness and what marriage look uh, what marriage looked like. Um, I had. My parents were married for 45 years, and um, only death um, and only death separated them. So I had mm-hmm. a very healthy look as it relates to uh, what marriage should look like. I mean, it was not a matriarch. My mother wasn't the, uh, you know, everything goes through my mother, everything goes through my dad. So I had a very mm-hmm. healthy look as far as what marriage should look like. Um, and I also had a healthy look of what singleness should look like because I had some mm-hmm. single friends, uh, very few that really lived it. The majority of them really didn't. So when I came to the ministry, I had that. But what I saw was totally different than what I knew 
uh, to be right. And um, as I began to, you know, continue to to live live my life, um, then you know there were things that God really opened my eyes to as relates to that. Number one, as I mentioned early earlier, um, people who you know were not or who were who claimed to be Christians and who were single that weren't living it. And I mean, uh, sooner or later, after nine months, things start to show, and you know, it, it actually shows that it you know that they weren't living the way that they were supposed to be living. And then I expected for uh, the man of God to be an example of what I wanted because I, wa- I was not married, but I wanted to be married. And so I believe that um, it starts from the head and it falls down. So when I saw um, a marriage that looked very different to- than what I saw in my home, then, I, mm-hmm. then that also made me take pause to, to, to take a look to see whether or not um, true Christianity and singleness was actually um, nurtured in the church. So it was, not, it was not prevalent. It wasn't something that you could just see um, in the ministry. I mean, you really had to look hard to find some happy married people. And, um, <laughs> you did not have to look hard to find single people that were who claimed to be Christians but were not living a single life. And so that, that really burdened me. Mm. Okay, so let's fast forward. You were there, um, you were still with us, we kind of left, you left, we started church, and um, at, at, one, at some point you came to us and talked to us about getting married, but at one point, uh, well, I didn't know if you were a unit or not. I mean, I, I just observed singles. You really weren't um, the go after a dude type, you weren't flirting, you weren't. You didn't have that, you know, it seemed like you were like a lot of women, the sensuality and, you know, dressing yeah. to try to attract a man and, you know, I mean, you want to make up you're very professional in your dress because you have a professional job and, uh, but, you know, you just didn't exude all that, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, but just seductive and, and all that stuff, um, so... And you were very serious about God and serious about ministry. So kind of tell us how you get from that to marriage. Okay, all right. And how long, how long is that? Okay. okay, I'll say that um, I, uh, I, 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 I have always wanted to be married. And when I moved here, you know, again, I wanted to be married. About uh, when I really, um, you know, when it really became a true prayer that I believed that God would do for me. I mean, I, I, there came a point where I believed that even though I was over 30, that there came a point where I just really believed that God was going to give me a husband. And so um, a little bit after that, my mom called me, who, and my mom had adopted her, her sister's uh, children. And so my mom mm-hmm. called me, and she said that, um, now my brother, which was we're, by blood we're first cousins, um, that, you know, she said, Pam, Montrell is getting ready to be 16. He's a, he's a good kid, never been kicked out of school, but I think that he needs you. And I think that, mm-hmm. um, that being there with you would change his life. I immediately, mm-hmm. I didn't tell her no immediately, but in my mind, 
I said no because we were talking about a kid that was going to be a rising junior, so I knew I had to devote two years of, of my life that I would have to devote two years of my life to that. And I had planned on, you know, being married by then. And I mm-hmm. prayed about it, and I actually, you know, I mean, and I, I started thinking about every reason not to do it. You know, it's like, well, every every boy needs a father. And I'm not married, so there you go. There's one. You know, I, I could think of many, many reasons not to uh, not to do it. But after wise counsel, then I said yes to that. And what that mm-hmm. meant for me was I knew that God had said that I would have a husband, but then I was looking at it being delayed for two years in order to invest in my in my cousin. And so wow. I went in, uh, mm-hmm. we moved to to Charlotte, and I began to you know I got him enrolled in school, and he became like a son to me. And we had the the ups and downs, and, uh, you know, God put men, strong men of God in my life that could help me with him. And uh, there were two men, Pastor Ronnie, and there was another uh, guy at the time um, who uh, who helped me, uh, who, who mentored him while he was in my home. And so after those two years, he graduated, and he went into the military. And... Um, and so that, at that point, it was that I that um, I was uh, attending church at Pastor Rondi's, and I went to Pastor Rondi and Sister Regina, and I told them, I said, I want to be married. And they said, okay, um, uh, you believe that God's going to uh, give you a husband? I said, I do. And they said, we'll, go, we'll have some counseling. The next Sunday came, no counseling. I went back to them. I said, I want to be married. Are, are we going to get – I want to be counseled. Because I wanted to be counseled first as a single person to make sure that everything that I was already doing was in line with God and just to just for confirmation on things that I should be doing. Um, I was already truly living for God, truly celibate. So there was no slip-up for me. There was no, you know, nothing. I was truly living singly because I didn't want anything to hinder what God said that I could have. Um, Pastor Rondi, at that time, I was actually, you know, I'm a, I'm a six-foot, probably 150-pound person. And so, I, um, you know, I wanted to change something about myself. So um, I cut my hair little by little. I cut it until it was like, till I was natural. And I was wearing like a small... Um, Afro, and I still had to be very professional because I work in a very conservative office, so I was cutting my hair. And um, I began to have a counsel with Pastor Rondi and Sister Regina, and they started asking me questions. Um, and after about three sessions, Pastor Rondi told me, he said, you know, I don't, he said, um, there's uh, one thing that you need to do. And he brought out the scripture that said that a woman should not shave her head and what that meant it when she did. And so at that point, I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, and, and I actually wore it. Not, I mean, I, could, I wore that style nicely. I mean, I, you know, when you're tall and thin, I mean, I did, I did not look like a man. I was very, you know, I didn't want to look like a man, but I just wanted, you know, I just wanted a different look. And so I wore that for a while. Past, I was counseled by Pastor Rondi. And I said, 
I will stop cutting my hair. And then I spoke with Sister Regina, and I was like, well, it's going to take forever for my hair to grow back because it was pretty short. <laughs> and so then I was like, this just added more time on to the period that I had already had. And Sister Regina said, um, told me that it was the obedience that God was looking for. And so I stopped cutting my hair, started going back to my hair stylist. And um, about, that was in, that was in like uh, June. And in September, it got a little bit longer. By February, um, there was a basketball tournament here. And um, I'm a basketball fan. I have a very athletic family. So I got a free ticket to go to a basketball game. And so um, I was at the basketball game. And it was the game was it was a blowout, so I was leaving early, and then the crowd started yelling, and I stopped, and I was watching the game on the uh, big screen TV, and I heard a voice said, "Excuse me, uh, you're in my way," because I was six feet tall and my head on heels, which made me probably about six four, and so um, I was standing in front of a, a gentleman, and. He, he asked me if I would step aside, so I did, and we began to conversate. He asked me my name. He asked me for my telephone number, and I gave him my work number because not only what, you know, am I single, but the one thing that I always um, made sure of, and that is that the Bible says to avoid the very appearance of evil. So even if it uh-huh. looked like, you know, even if it looked like, I mean, even if I meant nothing by it, but it looked like it could be, then it's, the Bible tells us to avoid it. But nevertheless, I gave him my, my office phone, and after a couple of days, he called, and we began. He, he called, and we went out to lunch. We had some dinners, and today that man is my husband. Wow! But so we did that in, in the dating process, Pastor Rondi. Um, <laughs> for months, we met out in public. He didn't pick me up at my house. We rode in different cars going to dinner or to the movies, wherever we were going. We did that for, for a very long time because we wanted to, you know, I didn't want him coming to my, first of all, I was single, single woman, um, so I didn't want him coming to my home to pick up or drop me off, especially in the, very, you know, in the very early stages of our dating because that can be dangerous these days. So we always met out in public someplace, whether it was the movie theater or where we were going to eat. And so that, that I was very cautious with my dating. I also did a background <laughs> check on them. Uh, so you know, after I got his name, I did a background check. Um, you know, those are relatively cheap. Um, he laughs now. We both laugh now because his name is Michael, and there's a whole lot of Michaels who have been arrested. So I couldn't do it on the download because I had to have his date of birth and some addresses because there were a lot of Michael Whites that had been arrested. So, um, uh, you know, I had to tell him what I was doing, but he had no problem with that. You know, I just, I was very deliberate in the way that I dated. And I kept it slowly. Yes. Like, Pam, Pam, Pam. Pam. Yes. Now, I won't be sitting in on me or listening today. So many elements. It, so many elements, man, that we can extract from 
from which he said, but one, wait a minute, listen, what, what year was this town? Uh, this was, two thought, we got married in 2008, um, mm-hmm. we met in 2000, we met in, in uh, it was 2007, we got married in 2008. Okay, um, so, we, so, yeah. Well, first of all, um, first of all, we knew that we were not going, number one is that we were living holy, so we knew that there was, that it was not going to be a long dating, you know, that was not going to work to try to date a very long time. And actually, mm-hmm. I had, when, I, when I originally, you know, so we talked about that. When I had set our date, when he asked me and I set our date, I was like, oh, you know, my parents got married in November. I was like, what's doing in November? He was like, oh, November is too long. So we had, you know, we moved it up to, to <laughs> August. So we actually got married when originally the plan was November. Yeah, right, because what what drives that, Yeah, because we would not, we would have not been able to uh, live holy and not and right. not abstain from 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 even, you know, even engaged to be married does not mean that you are married. You still do not have the, you know, okay from God to indulge in premarital sex. It's still premarital sex as long as you're not married. So we had to move right. that up because. We knew that we could not, you know, when you really love some, someone, you know it's the person that God said, then we both knew that we didn't need a whole lot of time to date. And plus we both were in our, we were, we, I was 40 by then. Uh-huh. So, so wait a minute. Let, let, let me start the guy. So, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, listen a The man said, no, November is too, now, you know, she kind of skipped over that. He proposed, right? He proposed right now. Yes, he did. he did. Okay, so he proposed to her. She set the date for November. She said, well, we can get married in November. I said, the man said, no, we need to hurry up and get married. Now, most of y'all, as it would do, who ain't proposed, ain't trying to get married. Hey, how do you get a man like that? You do not have sex with this man. That's what right. gets a man to do that. It's like, I tell women this all the time, and they just don't get it. It's like, they don't have a clue about it. They, they don't get it. Man, if you don't have sex with that man, he has no urgency. He has no urgency. He's punching his back. Yep, that's true. Because there's no, there's no urgency. This man is urgent. No, baby, November too long. Let's do it in August. <laughs> So, he did, he did. There, there were so many points on that, and Pam, you know, we share this testimony a lot, but the, the basic thing, I'm glad we got it on tape, so we'll use it yeah. uh, at different yeah. points. But the, the thing is, Pam, you, and first Pastor, of all, Pastor Ron, okay, go ahead. And I, and I got a baby, so I always wanted to have, you know, a baby, and I wanted to be married, so I got married. We were married for three years, and now I have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter who is making a lot of noise right now. <laughs> and that's what, she, that's, what, that's what she told us. Here's a couple of points I want to pull out of Pam's situation. Okay, number one, she, she figured out um, that she's supposed to be married. Bottom line, she figured out she's supposed to be married because she understood that she had... Uh, she, she, okay, just to make it plain, 
She has a desire to be with, with a person. She has a desire to be with a man. She wanted a man. She wanted to be married. Okay? So we don't have to get explicit, but if you have a libido, if you have an urge to bond sexually with somebody else, to be with somebody else, you know that you're not a unit. So, but here's the thing. She decided to do it God's way. Now, she gets planned on getting married. She gets the opportunity to take care of her nephew, 16. She knows that that's going to delay it two years. But it was because of her obedience. I believe it was because of her obedience to God to raise that young man. That young man is married now. The young man is married now. And from what Pam told me, he told her that if it had not been for that move to, to Charlotte to be with her and to be under our ministry, uh, because she brought him to church with her, that his life would have never been the same. He wouldn't be where he is today. So when she did that, it seemed like it slowed her down. It was slowing down, but it really sped her up because once this guy went off to military or whatever, I mean, this, she was on a fast track. This thing happened quickly. It did not take long. I mean, I think somewhere like six, maybe five to six months after she had that, that last session with us, she met this guy. But, y'all, once again, she was obedient. She was diligent. She stuck with the plan. She, she was disciplined. And a lot of us are not disciplined to stick with what we said we were going to do. She stuck with the plan. She did what we, what we told her to do. She came to us about getting married. So she didn't argue with us when, when we told her, you know, you got to stop sitting in the barber chair and get another two things. It was cute. You know, the whole holy bird look. It was good on it. But God said no, and basically he told her, you look as feminine as you can be. She, she tried to wear a lot of pencils. She did it. She wore it on a job. You know, she's an executive, whatever, whatever. We say, hey, start wearing dresses, start wearing skirts. Get as soft as you can because the man, that your husband, is going to want to see that in his life. And she did that. That was just cosmetic. It was not yeah. something major. It was something she started doing. I mean, immediately. So let me say this. Let me say this, Pat. She wasn't the kind of person that we ought to meet like that. And then the next Sunday, she could show up in a pantsuit for the next two Sundays. Yeah. She didn't do that. The next time we saw Pam, she had on a dress. And she had the other one dresses and skirts. Next time we saw her, she had on a dress. The next time we saw that, she had on a dress. Next time we saw her, she had on a skirt and a blouse. And she started doing her makeup a little, you know, different. And what the hell? Man, she was serious. She, she took what we told her to do, and she did it. And she never compromised officially with the dude. That's what caused him to have an urgency to go ahead and marry her. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all, this is it's not rocket science. It's not. It is real simple. If you have not gotten a book back in the day, mean, get the book, start reading it. I mean, that was another thing she got. I think she read it. Did you read the book? Yes, book? I did. Uh, you had already read the book, and you had shared the book, and it, she shared it with her niece, and her niece came down to live with her for a while. Uh, and I guess that, because you had definitely lived with you for a while. I guess yeah. for a while, you were thinking like, Man, how in the world am I going to get married and they keep sending me kids? <laughs> exactly. There wasn't much. But yes. Yeah, but it's good. I'll say this, okay. Pastor Ronnie, because as part of the counseling that I received from you and um, Sister Regina, 
when you told me that um, I, I, that I should stop, show me the scripture about my hair, um, uh-huh. and then I started letting it grow out. And, and uh-huh. um, when I met my husband, he thought, now it was still growing, but he thought that I had, when I, when I told him, I was like, yeah, I used to get my hair cut short, real short. He was like, when did you get your hair cut? He didn't even, you know, he didn't even recognize that. But I wanted to say this because my husband loves long hair, and it's not because he just likes long hair. When I met his mother and his sister and his sisters and his two nieces, Pastor Ronnie, mm-hmm. all of their hair is down to their back. Okay. <laughs> that my husband would not recognize you said what you said was that your husband won't recognize you with your hair like that. That's what you told me. And when, uh, and my husband today, he for him, his picture is what he actually lives. He has a mother who has long hair, all of his sisters have long hair. I mean, even his nieces have ponytails down to their back. So that was something that you told me. You said he won't recognize you with, with short hair. And, um, oh, my gosh. And my I never husband, knew that part. Family, yeah, my husband's family, all of the women in his life have long hair. So, yeah. not so, having, he, so he still going to send for him with long hair. Yes. Yes. I mean, okay. his, you know, his, you know, part of what a woman looks like for him is, what he the picture that he's and he's the baby of the family, so his sisters are older, his mom, so that's all he saw growing up was you know mm. long hair, and so when I stopped when you told me I need to stop cutting my hair and you said that my husband would not recognize me if I kept doing that, then that came to fruition when i when I met him, and then when I, it really opened my eyes when I met his mother and his sisters, and I saw how long their hair was. Then I realized that what you were, you know, what you had prophesied then was actually true. And when I asked him way back, I was like, "Would you have married me if I was getting my if I was getting my hair cut?" He said, "You didn't have short hair." I was like, "I did." And he didn't even recognize, you know, God let him see what I was going to look like a little bit down. Oh the wow! You know, it wasn't right because when I met him, it was a couple months after you and I had. You and I and Sister Regina had discussed, so my hair wasn't really long, long. I mean, it wasn't as short as it was, but it wasn't mm-hmm. very near my shoulders at all. Mm. But, um, That's know. awful. But it's, it's just that obedience. It's that obedience. Uh, Gina, uh, I know she's on the line. If you want to chime in? Lady Gina, uh, we about to close this thing down at 6 or 7, 7 minutes over. Um, man, that's a powerful testimony, right? Yeah, you know, I I am internally, and you say I never, uh, I hardly ever get excited, but I am internally turning cartwheels because for so many um, counseling sessions and for so many people that we talk to, you know, people try to make God look like a liar because Uh they will not totally line their lives up with his word and do exactly what he says and walk the fine line. And it makes God look like his word is not true. So I am so ecstatic when um, I hear the testimonies of those that, that walk that thing out and you realize that God's word is true and that he does not lie and he will give you the desires of your heart if you obey him. 
I'm just, I'm just. Girl, I'm, 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 man, I'm about to shut up with you because you, re- and Pam, and we're not boosting you, but I'm telling you, 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 you have no idea how many seeing women sit on the front of her, and I'm really, I'm really, and then you tell them stuff, and they do, they have doing it, or they do it for a little bit, or they don't really do it, and then they say they didn't know they wasn't doing it. And all this stuff. I mean, it's just like, look, man, you just gotta do what God is telling you to do. Do it with all your heart. Do it with diligence. You know, don't be slow for doing it. And that's the thing. Uh, same thing with, with your pastor, Dr. Gabriel Rogers. Man, when we told him to do something, when he was trying to get married, man, that brother, like, it was five seconds later he was doing it. And he didn't stop. You know, he, he kept doing it, and, and that's, that's, I mean, that's, you inspire me to, to be more weak to God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just, you know, because all of us, we fail in areas. The reason, the only reason we fail is broken focus. The only reason a person fell is because they didn't, they're not fully doing, fully obeying God. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, when you see those kings in the, in the Old Testament and, they serve God for a little bit, then it's the Bible says his heart didn't fully go after God. He didn't fully obey God. And, and it messed up. So you gotta fully obey God. I think, you know, I don't know if, if you if you had refused my trail um at the time, I don't know if you did marry. I don't know. I mean my God may have given you great, but I think he sped everything up. Because you were willing to obey him at all costs. Once you knew what God said do, you did it. I, I've seen people with that same opportunity. You know, maybe you need to move this person in. Maybe, you know, God's been using, uh uh-uh, uh, I ain't moving him in. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing that. And, you know, they miss God. They miss an opportunity. You know, and they still struggling or still single or whatever. And man, you just gotta do what God say. Don't. It, it ain't about what you want because He's gonna give you the desires of your heart if you delight in Him, which means you just obey Him. You, you, you're obedient to Him. You're perfectly obedient to Him. And you, you do it, you know, and I'm not saying you didn't make mistakes along the way, but man, those things that you're resolved in your heart, you're not having sex before you get married. I'm not having this guy over my house, and I ain't got no background check. Just stuff like that that you didn't go back on because you're never through and you like and you like the way you look. Obviously, you like the way you look, but that didn't get you to change your standards, and so that's good. I hope y'all have hope to tell somebody today. If there's anybody else on the line that like to make a comment, five-star, five-star, uh, before we go, uh, if this didn't help no, no single person on the line, man, this blessed my thoughts off. This blessed my thoughts off, man. Because like Gina said, like my wife is just saying, man, we stand for so many women, and it'd be like, you know, God is alone. It don't work. I'm, I'm trying. I ain't, I ain't did, no, you're not doing it. And every person we've ever met that was, that was paying one serious, and we met more people than her. There are more people than her that was pale, white, serious. Man, they got, they met they, they man or they woman in 36 months, got married in 12 months, you know, 12, 13 months, so it wasn't a long time. 
and they married and living the dream, they got the babies, the kids, all that stuff. So man, you know, first you got a job, number one, do I have the gift of singleness, celibacy? Most of y'all don't, I'm cleaning it because if you, if you follow sexually, you don't. See, forward out there talking about, I'm going to be single for Christ and flipping the slime with every chick at every church. No. He didn't have them issues. You know, no matter what the goodies of creatures are saying, he had a thorn in his flesh and all the old crazy stuff. No, he wasn't flipping the slime. Because, number one, he couldn't operate it in the morning. He couldn't have done the stuff for God that he was done. He, and he talked about people that were fornicating. He talked about judging folk and excommunicating them from the church because they were doing things wrong sexually. And he talked more about sexual purity in the Bible than anybody, second only to Jesus. All right? So, oh, uh, Carver, one, two, four, six, there's a comment or question. Go ahead as we wrap this up. One, two, four, six. Call it one, two, four, six. It's the last four of your, your, uh, your phone number. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. Um, I've been blessed by the um, what everyone has said thus far, and I just wanted to recommend a book that I had just finished reading, actually, and it's by Wilbur T. Purvis III, and it's called uh-huh. So You're Still Single. Yes? So You're Still Single? Yeah, go ahead. It's called, it's called So You're Still Single and God's Order for Still Waiting, it is by Wilbur T. Purvis the Third. Uh, I think it's just okay. dollars still. But um okay. I just wanted to recommend uh, uh, Okay. I don't know about I I never read that book. Um uh, and uh, I'll definitely look into it, you know. Uh, but like like we said, you know, <laughs> uh there's a whole lot of books out there that talk about this. Namely, the Bible. The Bible is very specific about it. Preachers are talking about it. Uh, and then we, we written a book called Waiting Day to Name that walk you through the stages from singlehood to, to dating to marriage the whole night. So we're going to check out Brother Curtis. I'll check him out before I start really recommending him. But I can recommend that one because it's work and we, we got fruit. We got fruit in front of it. Uh, Gina, you got anything else? We're going to close this out. We're about 15 minutes old. No, I'm good. I, 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 I praise God for uh, for Pam's testimony today. It's um, it was That was awesome. And just hearing it again. I mean, we were there. We saw it. But just hearing yeah. it again, it's just, oh, my, it's just, it was just awesome. Amen. Pam, thank you for doing that. Uh, you got any other things to say? <laughs> I, I just, the only thing I'll say is Dating, Dating, and Mating was the book that I read. I followed it to a T. I mean, there wasn't anything uh-huh. that that book said that I did not do, and it did not take long. Like I said, we were – that was the fastest planning wedding. Um, in, in, <laughs> I mean, most people get married a year, two years later, and we um, met in 2007 as Mark. As a matter of fact, it was March third, two thousand seven. We got married in August, August the second, two thousand eight. Wow, that was that was a quick courtship, but it didn't take it didn't take long because y'all. Was, amen, amen. Thank you, Pat, for being on. I'm giving my uh, my co-host the last word, and then we're gonna pray it out. We're gonna pray out. Uh, just legend. Anything? Any comments on that? 
No, I just want to praise God and really thank Pam. I am just, I am just so, I can't even express. That was truly, truly a blessing. And I pray that the singles on the line really take heed to all the um, godly wisdom that was just given because that's exactly what it was, godly wisdom. She listened to counsel and she followed the God in her leaders. And and, and I would admonish the singles to, to do the same. You may not know, you may not be where she is, but let's just get started. Coming on the line is, is a step. You know, ask the questions, begin to line up with what the word says, the information that's given on this line, and get the book, Waiting, Dating, and Mating. Amen. And we can, and we can listen to you from, from this line. You know, I mean, we, you ain't got to come out of church or whatever. I mean, you just come on, listen to these uh, podcasts. You get on Waiting, Dating, Mating, and go to our podcast, listen to the other ones that we, we have on there. Listen to some of the marriage calls, too. That may encourage you. Uh, but, man, you got to line yourself up. Got to start slipping and sliding. Got to start messing around with old boyfriends, old girlfriends, and go ahead and get yourself together <laughs> so God can do what he wants to do in your life. God bless you today. Uh, this will be up in a few minutes on our podcast site so you can share with other people. Let's close this up. Father God, we thank you right now for the time that we spend in your word. Ah, it turned out good, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the question or the comment by Sister Leslie that, that sparked the question that I asked to the single God. And, uh, and, and it's how you wrapped it all up. Only you could have done it this way. And, Lord, thank you for Sister Pam being on, giving us testimony and just sharing, God, very detailed and very articulately to the audience uh, that's on the line. What it takes, I mean, you, they don't have to listen to it from us. They heard it from somebody that walked it through and we walked them through and they did exactly what God told them to do. And you gave them, you yielded the fruit. So, Father, we thank you for it. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my wife, God, who's been such a uh, source of counsel to young women, God, and older women. I think Pam was older than her at the time. Uh, but but it, it's not about age, God. You, you, you placed us in the body of Christ for such a time as this. For this, for one of, the, one of our purposes is to help people in this area. And so we thank you. We thank you for the other caller. We thank you for the last uh, comment of the caller uh, about the, the other book that's out there. We thank you for those other people that are writing books and, 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 and championing the same cause, God. In the name of Jesus, there's so many pastors that are teaching their singles so many alternative lifestyles to being married and telling them it's all right to do this and it's all right to do that. And it's all right, you know, it's okay to sit aside and sip a little bit and all of those crazy stuff. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you hold us to a stand of our holiness. Your word is very clear. Your word is very true. Thank you for the words of Jesus today. That, that just cleared up so much. Even as I was reading it, I felt the power of the Word of God to transform lives. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the praise and honor and glory today. In Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you. Listen, if you are on the line, uh, don't forget to get on the um, to text um, that number that we that we told you a few few seconds ago. Um, and what it's going to do is going to put you on our um, 
single call list, okay? It's going to put you on the single call list. So if you're on the line and you want to be a part of the single call, okay, you check uh, number 832, you go 832-726-1526, get your phone out and go to your text screen. And when it says you're texting to somebody, put the number in 832-726-1526. Now, what you put in the body of your text is this. The at sign, that little play A sign with the circle on it, at sign number one, uh, letter C, letter O, letter R, and then 618. Text that to that number. It's going to send you a context to type in your name, type that name in, send it, and then you'll be added to our um, singles call list, and you'll get all the updates about the singles call and what we're doing or if we got an event or something that's coming out. All right? God bless you guys. This was a great call. Oh, man, this was powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Pam. Man, that was powerful. And uh, make sure you go back and listen to it and share this call with somebody else. God bless.